Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Lord, every hand, every hand in the house of God this morning, Lord, we give you praise. Come on, tell them, Lord, I give you praise. I give you praise, Lord. I give you worship. I give you my adoration. I give you my time. I give you my uplifted hands. I give you my energy. I give you my passion. I give you my adoration. Right now, Lord, because you are worthy in Jesus' name. Church shouts. Amen. Praise you, Lord, and amen. Praise you, Lord. He's good, amen? Amen. Amen. Man, that was good. I don't even want to hear me preach. God's always better. Holy Spirit's always better. Amen? Amen. All right, Pastor Daniel and Bia, come on up here. Praise you, Lord. Come on. This way. Travis, yeah, there you go. <laughs> they know you. They know you. Yeah, love you. Thank you. Be seated. These are our missionaries from South Africa. I just they're they're evangelists, but I just call them pastors because it's easier than evangelists. Three that's two syllables instead of. I'm a very lazy person, very lazy. But these are the ones that I brag about. And Pastor Daniel won more people in a week than I've won in 54 years. Seriously, was it 98,000? 98,000 98, souls in a week's crusade. Got another one coming up in November. Tell us about it real quick. Good morning, church. <laughs> it's a great blessing to finally be here face to face with all of you. You have some fans in Cape Town, South Africa. <laughs> Watching all of you, your most amazing pastors, Pastor Tom, Pastor Hope. Please, you guys are so blessed to have such incredible pastors here. I don't think you realize. I think, I think it's the prayer of many people in different nations to have such incredible men and women of God that you have over here. And really, you guys have been such a big support. But next month, we have a campaign in South Africa this will probably be the largest campaign. You know, people always say South Africa is the graveyard for preachers. And it's a, they say it's a religious nation and gatherings don't work anymore. And because of COVID, they say that I think we will probably be the largest religious gathering in the country since, since COVID, since, 2000, since 2019. And there we, we stepped out in faith and we took the Kayamandi Soccer Stadium. And we're believing in the most dangerous parts in South Africa, in Kayamundi, Cape Town. You know, light always shines the greatest in the darkness. Mm. And we're believing for the light of the gospel to come forth in Kayamundi. There's murders. There's about five to ten murders every single day in this township of 70,000 people. And it's just poverty-stricken. Uh, they say, you know, they say I'm probably one of the only white people 
in that township after 8 p.m. at night. <laughs> so we are very excited to see what God does in that nation, in the city. So Amen. thank you for being part of that. Amen. Amen. Not only... Now, now, people who are bilingual fascinate me. I took four years of Spanish and can't speak a word. <laughs> what, a wa what a waste of money, University of Central Florida. But anyway. <laughs> Bia, how many languages do you speak? Two fluent and then another African language. Right. Now, you Boston. speak Afrikaans, right? Yes. Can you give us just a little bit like... Uh, Something like it's great to be at Foundation Church, yes. something like that in Afrikaans. Ja, goeie morgen kerk, is baie lekker om hier vandag saam met julle te wees. Julle is ons familie en ons is lief vir julle. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Tell about the baby. Yes. Okay. And also, I never, see I shoot my mouth off, I know that's shocking. And I get home and I hear about it, like you weren't supposed to tell anybody that, so that's why I was checking. They're expecting a baby. <laughs> Isn't that great? It's so great. I, we just love them. We instantly connected with them. We met them at the Pavilion, at Pastor Rodney, of course, at the, at the River Church in Tampa. Met them there. And we went out to lunch, and we just connected. We feel like family. And yes, I'm old enough to be their dad, but... <laughs> Whatever, I'll just consider him like a niece and nephew or something. But anyway, we're just, we're very proud of the good. That's what I said in Afrikaans. So I said, good morning, church. We love you as family, and it's so nice to be oh, here. <laughs> See, they're so adorable. I love them. I love them. But we're with you guys. We love you. We're so proud of you. And they're just going to win. They're going to be, I mean, what, how old are you guys, 23? 23-ish? Yeah. 23? Yeah, I know. It's disgusting. It's repulsive. <laughs> And listen, what's really great is to have, what you want to do is bring people into your life, they're not going to like that I say this, but that outperform you. Bring those people into your life. That's why I have Jonathan. That's why I have Rodney. That's why we have our missionaries to South Africa and wherever else they go. They may not just stay in Africa. And I say South Africa, but Africa, they may not stay there. They might. But they, they've outperformed anything that I've done, so I'm going to throw money at them, throw effort at them. They're worthy. This end times, accelerated harvest has to be won by somebody, and they're going to do it. We're going to do it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Yeah. All right. Love you guys. Bless you. Thank you. Very proud of you. Bless you, my dear. Love you guys. Bless you. All right. Amen. See, that's as nice as it gets. Can I be any nicer? I have such a bad reputation. I'm just as sweet as sweet can be. In my own eyes. I'm wise in my own eyes and prudent in my own sight. Oh, wait, you're not supposed to do that. Amen. Are we ready for this now? Are you sure? Because this is a tough one now. Usually it's light and airy around here. <laughs> for those of you that are new, you're like, oh, good, it's light and airy. Yeah. You won't escape, and neither will I. A lot of you meet me at the door and you go, that was a tough one. I know it's just as much for me as it is for you. Everything that I'm preaching is just as much for me as it is for you. I have my issues, I have my strongholds, and those things must come down. Amen? Now we've been talking about deep obedience. Second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The Spirit 
searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. No one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. He knows what deep obedience is. He knows what the deep things are. I hope you've got the rudimentary down because if you don't, you're not going to heaven. You need, listen, this is turn or burn. The rudimentary is I turn from my sin. This isn't a Calvinist church now that you did that at VBS when you're three years old living with your girlfriend. The pastor tells you that you're going to heaven because you're not. It's called apostasy, a willful rejection of Christ and his teachings by a Christian believer. That's in the Bible. It's titled, 1 Timothy chapter 4, titled The Great Apostasy. Hebrews chapter 5, titled Warning Against Falling Away. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, titled The Great Apostasy. So I hope that you have the rudimentary down. If you don't, we'll get you right at the end of the service today. You can get right right now to say, Lord, I turn from my sin in Jesus' mighty name. And I give my life over to you, my Lord and my Savior. You're saved. You're saved. But what we're talking about this morning are the deep things of God. Deep obedience beyond just I turn from my sin. You have to talk about turning from sin because nobody else talks about it. Outside of the River Church in Tampa, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, nobody's talking about turning from sin anymore. Because it doesn't fill people. Notice how there's, there's empty seats around you. Those, all those seats would be full if I pulled back the message. Of course, I'd be bored out of my mind and suicidal, but other than that, I can't, I can't go to a church that doesn't wound me. I refuse to go to a church that bores me. I refuse to go to a church that doesn't even mildly offend me. I like going in there and being a little offended and having to work it out, work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. I don't like it. Was that guy right? Was that girl right? I want to know. So I'll go, you know what? That bothered me. That offended me. And nine times out of ten, usually ten out of ten, I go search it out in the Word and find out I was wrong. I'm getting some yeps out of that. That's surprising. Other people are sitting very stoic right now because they're wondering, what is this guy going to say? Don't worry. So we have the elementary things, right? Repentance, which is what I just talked about. Faith toward God, this is all listed in Hebrews chapter 6, 1 and 2. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Doctrines of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead, eternal judgment. Those are the basic things. Now, most Christians, including all of us in this room, don't even have these down yet. And yet we want to go read books that are outside the Bible. Well, I'm just, you know, I've read the Bible. You don't know the Bible. Neither do I. Every time I'm around a preacher who's better than me, I'm like, I listen to Jonathan preach. I listen to Pastor Rodney preach. I'm going, uh, I didn't know that. And I've been preaching at this church for 17 years, youth pastoring before that. I'm not saying that I have these things mastered. And neither should you. We should, we should easily go back and delve into the basics. 
There's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of times people think because they've read the Bible, they know the Bible. Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Oh, the depths and riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. You can never outmine the word of God. You can mine it and mine it and mine it, and it's new revelation over and over again. The only reason why you don't feel that way is because your heart is stone cold and you stop reading the word and stop studying the word. Get back in there. Something happened that veered you off course. I have never counseled a human being in my life who was studying the word like they should. Because they come to me for counsel and I start off with, do you pray every day? No. Do you study the word every day? No. That's the end of the counseling session. (laughs) You won't need me anymore if you do those things. You, you, need, you need me and not the voice of the Holy Spirit and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, what is the path to the deep things of the Holy Spirit? What, is, what are the path? What is the, what is the path of, of the deep things of God? I already blew it because I, because I misread the sentence in my head. The path to the deep things of God is the Holy Ghost himself. What about the word? The word is the sword of the Holy Spirit. The word is Jesus. How does he communicate? A lot of people get very frustrated. You know why you get frustrated? Because you don't pray like you should, and you don't study like you should, you don't worship like you should, and you don't fellowship like you should. I'm in church every Sunday. What do you do Sunday through Sunday? And who comes first? The screen or the Holy Ghost. Get ready now, everyone's okay with that one because everyone secretly wants to get rid of their screen addiction. Well, what, who comes first? Your kids or the Holy Ghost. Now that's stepping on Americans. I don't know what it's like in South Africa, but in America, kids come first. That's idolatry. If I preach that kids come first, many people even in this room would go, amen. They don't. They don't, they're not even, they're not even second. You're like, Tom, you must hate your kids. In the eyes of Americans, maybe. Why is it that I hate my kids, but mine are saved and yours aren't? Because they knew they weren't above Jesus. I sought God first and not them. I'll go into my usual montage that just thrills the ladies. What happens a lot of times is people start popping out puppies. The woman lops off all of her hair, buys a minivan, everybody exists solely on fruit fruit roll-ups and juice boxes and Happy Meals and live their life parading from one soccer game, flute practice, football practice, baseball practice, school assembly, and nobody's dating, nobody's romancing. What happened to the kissing? You don't make out with your wife anymore, you had kids. You chose kids instead of that. You're like, what did I walk into? Listen, understand something, I have, No agenda. Most pastors have an agenda. I have none. 
My agenda is not to keep you here. My agenda is to preach the word. I hope you stay. That's up to you. But what happened to the kissing? What happened to your hair? Well, I just don't want to have to deal with it every morning. Oh, that's, that's going to just stoke the flames of romance. You now look like the boys at soccer practice. Who wants to kiss that? Everybody becomes a parent instead of a lover. And you wonder why your marriage stinks and you don't talk to each other. Well, I'll get into that later. This is the, I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. Think about it. Think about what happened. So what's the path to the deep things of God? The Holy Ghost. How does he communicate it? John chapter 16, 7 and 8. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. What happened to conviction? Not allowed to preach that anymore. Bull, crap. That's why the church was set up to fail. Pastor Daniel was talking about they'll be the biggest mass assembly. The religious mass assembly in South Africa. South Africa's a big place since, since 2019. It's 2022. The reason why that happened is because the church was set up. They're strong held, which I'll get to in a minute, and they never talk about conviction. The moment COVID hit, I felt a conviction in my soul. This is of the Antichrist. But since nobody preaches conviction, nobody knows what conviction is. It's like when Hilkiah, the priest, and Shaphan the scribe found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe, the master of scripture, describes the Torah as, I found a book. That's what's happened inside the modern evangelical church. And I thought it was just America, but it's worldwide. It's worldwide, everybody closed. Listen, I would have nothing to do with Daniel and Bia. They never stopped preaching, never closed, nothing. Those are the only people that I'll associate with unless they've come out and said, I was wrong and I repent. Otherwise, I got nothing to do with you that you're pretending like you never closed your church. But people don't operate by conviction because they've left the Holy Ghost aside a long time ago. They've left them aside. They've chosen church programs and church doctrines, not the Bible. When we took over this church, we came in here and there was hundreds of thousands of dollars that's probably tens of thousands of dollars worth of media campaign materials in boxes. Because everybody, you know what, here's the, here's the latest series and here's all your graphic art. You know where I get my latest series from? When I pray. I said, Lord, give me what you want me to preach. Give me the message that you want me to preach this week. That's why you won't, there, there's nobody else preaching this this morning because it's a creation between God and I. It's what I need to hear, and it's what you need to hear. It's not necessarily what I want to hear, but it is what I need to hear. 
So how does he communicate to us? If the Holy Spirit is the path to deep obedience, the deep things of God, we ought to know, we ought to be able to hear his voice. We ought to know his voice. So what is his voice? How does he communicate? He communicates through conviction. It's not his only way, but it's number one. Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. How does he communicate? He convicts and he fills. Amen? Now that verse comes right out. That was, that was Acts 4.31. That comes out of Acts 4.29, through, obviously through 31. And it says this. Now, Lord, and this is very prescient towards these times. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did they do? They spoke the word of God with boldness. What do you say to a transgender person? The opposite of what they're espousing. If they're a girl with guys, guys clothes on, you call them a girl. If they're a guy with girls clothes on, you call them a guy. That's not very loving. Oh really, lying to them is loving them? Urging them to go and get their breasts lopped off, their testicles lopped off, their penis lopped off? You know how they create a penis for, for a transgender female? They, lock, they, they cut her forearm skin off. They walk around like that for months. Ain't nothing ever gonna work down there. It's all lies. Where does it come from if it's all lies? We have the spirit of truth, John 16, 13, and then you have the father of all lying, John 8, 44. No matter what you do, it's still a bunch of female parts in there if you're female, a bunch of male parts in there if you're male. You're like, Tom, this isn't loving or accommodating. Where is Jesus accommodating? So why are we accommodating? If we're imitators of Christ, why are we tolerant? Where was he ever tolerant? Well, I don't think Jesus is very Christ-like. That's the modern church. I don't think Jesus is Christ-like. Should be on every sign of every hyper-grace church out there. Jesus wasn't Christ-like, new sermon series by Pastor Watered Down. <laughs> this is why everybody came. They don't even know. That's why Pastor Rodney had to come and put his arm around me because I was just throttling everybody by name. Comes his foot his arm around me and goes, listen, listen. They don't know. They just don't know. And I'm out there, man, it's, there, there was no, there was nothing but a sword. I wasn't even leaving room for repentance. You're finished. <laughs> I still want to do it, but the Holy Ghost won't let me. I have all the names and all the statements in my beautiful mind. And God's like, no. Yes, sir. Acts 19.6, how does the Holy Ghost communicate to us the deep things of God? 
And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost came upon them. So he convicts you, fills you, and comes upon you. Now understand something. Here I was, got a thousand, more than a thousand Bible verses memorized in my head. And I obviously had read the Bible. And for years, I preached against the Holy Spirit coming upon anybody when the Bible says it right here. What, did, what do you mean preached against it? I just was like, you know what, everyone just needs to, I was very much Rhema, Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Hagin, but I was like, you don't need to be touched by God. That's like saying, once again, let's get married and never touch each other. Let's have a relationship with God and have him never touch me. That's what I was preaching for 15 years, which is why the church stayed from 150 to 200 the entire time. So what did I do? God links me with a man who dwells almost exclusively in having God touch you. And I remember when I went up to the River Church, it was the first day that the church was opened after they had to close down from the 100,000 death threats. And I went into the sanctuary with Pastor Rodney, we were doing a podcast, and I walked in there, and I had the opposite, I mean, listen, the opposite of a panic attack. I'm like, I was sitting there, and people were laughing at me, watching me live on the podcast. It's thousands, tens, it was before they were banning all of us. There's thousands of people watching, hundreds of people inside the sanctuary, it's pouring rain. And I just sitting up there going, whew, whew. I'm never turned red. You notice that? I never turn red, ever. Beat red with a red shirt on. I'm like, whew, whew. And all that, at that time, where I was at in my life was, you know what? I love Pastor Rodney's hardcore stand. I love, heaven, you know, he preaches hellfire and brimstone. You know, we're never going to be super close or anything, you know. Because I don't really, you know, that's not for me. God will, God will set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He'll just come and mock you publicly. And I'm just sitting there going, what is that? Man. You know what that is? First love. That I left. That I said, you know what? It's doctrine is so important to me that the romance is gone. But the romance is the doctrine. How does he speak to us? 2 Timothy 1.21. For prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. He comes upon you. He moves on you. He fills you. And he convicts you. Here's the list. Convicts, fills, come up, comes upon you. Moved by the Holy Ghost. And here's a bonus out of John 16, 13. He will tell you things to come. Those who were operating in the, in the Holy Ghost, you're like, well, Tom, how are you operating the Holy Ghost? Because here's the thing. I was still a hellfire brimstone preacher. I didn't want to be slain in the Spirit. I didn't want to cry. I didn't want to be touched by God. I do it all the time now. But the Holy Ghost, I still let him in my life. He was still telling me, you know what? I mean, listen, a church in America, the average size church in America is like 25 to 50. We were still around 200 people. Why people came, I don't know, but they still came. It was a good church because we were still preaching the gospel. Nobody else preaches the gospel. 
But everybody, see, we, we, I still sense the conviction of the Holy Ghost. So when all this COVID stuff happened, I'm like, this smells. It stinks. Because it, he will tell you things that will come. He will tell you. He'll let you know. Everybody gets all mystery shrouded in mist when it comes to prophecy. Prophecy means the truth of God. Doesn't necessarily just mean to tell you the future. It's the truth of God, which, by the way, is the future. Whatever is the truth of God. Everybody's concerned about how this earth will end. It's not going to end because of Ukraine. I say all the conservatives, World War III. No, please go back to your Bible. You're supposed to be saved. You're supposed to be saved. Come on. That's, what, that's the problem with COVID. You're supposed to be saved. No, nobody even recognized, and I know you've heard me preach this a million times, but the worldwide church sees the proliferation of vaccine passports and never correlates that to Revelation 13 and 14. It causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate, know the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666, Right? How's that? How does anybody not recognize that? That's all I preached. Liberal people like Naomi Wolf saw it. Joe Rogan saw it. Joe Rogan, who is a devout atheist, devout. He's as devout an atheist as I am a Christian. He saw. He says on his podcast, "You know, I really think the Book of Revelation is unfolding right before our very eyes." And all the evangelical pastors are preaching Love Sermon Series 48. How to really love, how to really, really love. I really love smiling and loving, frowning and loving, embracing the struggle. You bunch of idiots. You can't even see it. You can't see that an abortionist is an abortionist. You're, listen, wherever the lies are and wherever the dead bodies are, John chapter 8, verses 44 and 45, Jesus gave the characteristics of the devil, a murderer from the beginning and the father of lies. What's happening right now? Lies and murder, lies and murder, lies and murder. And the church says nothing. They're trying to save people. How are you going to save them when they're dead? There's no, there's no evangelist in hell. It's over. Amen. So he'll tell you things to come. 1 Timothy 4.1. He'll tell you about the proliferation of the vaccine passport. He even, tell, he even told the unsaved. Even the unsaved can tap into the spirit of God. They can. He's trying to save them. Why is Naomi Wolf preaching? Naomi Wolf is a devout baby butcher. Devout leftist. Turning more to the right now. She actually is learning. A lot of people can't ever learn. She's learning. But she saw it and the evangelical church didn't. She said, I'm really concerned because this is going to turn into a vaccine passport system. Nobody else is saying it except for me, Pastor Rodney, Pastor Jonathan, Greg Locke, Arthur Pulaski. Not too many other people were saying it, but luckily we had the Democratic Party to preach to the evangelical church. 
And I'll tell you this, I'm not talking about a person. There's nothing I hate more on the planet than the Democratic Party. Oh, there he is. There he is. He's, he's, he's talking politics. I'm not talking, about, I'm not talking politics because just after the Democrats, I hate the Republican Party. But I just look at platforms. Democratic Party are demonic liars and the Republican Party are, are spineless twits. If you believe it, would you please stand in it? It's, it's, it's just a giant mirage of synergistic tension for us all to see. That's all that it is. They're both on the same side, ushering the agenda forward slowly, because if they didn't usher it forward slowly, you'd vote them out. So they gotta come out and they gotta confirm some conservative justices for you, put out their, put out their uh, anti-abortion rhetoric for you, just so you keep voting them because you think that they're right. But notice they never do anything with $31 trillion in debt, both with, both with Democrats and Republicans in charge at different various times. Republicans have won more political races than the Democrats have in the last 40 years, way more. And we're still $31 trillion in debt by the fiscal conservatives. Every single time the politicians come up and say, this is not gonna add a single dollar to the national debt. <laughs> I say that so that you're a devout Christian and a devout conservative, not a devout Republican. Now, where will I be voting? November 8th? I cannot, because I'm 501c3 organization, cannot endorse a specific candidate. But I can tell you this, that my marker will not be filling out in any bubble next to a D. I'm not gonna be held accountable by an angry God for slaughtering people that he formed in the womb. I will not align myself with people like that. Because he, listen, judgment is coming. There is no evading it. Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Hebrews 9, 27. In quiet a room whenever you, whenever you quote that verse. He'll tell you things to come. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. Don't we want this? Are you sure? Because he will come and upend your life. Are you sure you want it? I mean upend it. Because most things that you find comfortable are your strongholds. The things that bring you relaxation are your strongholds. Are you sure you want to invite the Holy Ghost in? Because he will burn it to the ground and pour salt on it. You think you want it, but that's the suffering. That's the denying yourself. Sounds easy when you got the chubby guy screaming at you on a Sunday morning at 1119. But rock cutting time's coming if you want that. You ever been around somebody sawing tile, cutting rock? It's like somebody scratch, putting their fingernails on a, on a chalkboard. God's coming in. 
It's a wrecking ball because the foundation is rotten. For, and listen, am I saying that your entire foundation is rotten? No. I'm saying there's portions in our life. Our. Everybody got that? So everyone's, I, don't, you know, I never want to offend anybody. God forbid you offend anybody in the church now. That's why it's so freeing to be here because I don't really care. We have the, we have the greatest relationship. I want you. That's powerful. Need is gross. I want you. I don't need you. I want you. That's way more powerful. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. He'll tell you things to come. That in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith. Well, that just blew up the whole Calvinist doctrine. That's not the only verse that does, but I'll leave it at that for now. As you know, I could launch into that for 30 minutes, but I won't do it. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to what? Seducing spirits and doctrines of devil. You know what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to save lives. I'm going to save lives. Give me my mask. I'm saving lives. I get to act like I'm a firefighter for the first time in my life. This is great. I'm saving lives. I get to be a nurse. I get to be a doctor for the first time in my life. I get to be a police officer, a soldier. I'm saving lives. No, you're a galactic moron. Doesn't do anything. To this day, we are, what is today, the 23rd? We're seven days away from entering month 31 of 15 days to flatten the curve. And there's still people driving around alone with masks in their cars. I saw, we put it on the podcast, a Zoom conference with people alone in their homes, zooming in with a mask on. Why are they doing that? Because it has nothing to do with health. It has to do with control. They are, they are preaching to the world. I'm controlled, don't you wanna be controlled too? Look at me, wear my muzzle. And there's nothing else that makes any sense either. Well, you know, locking down makes sense because people can't come into contact. No, it doesn't. If locking down worked, then explain to me how New Zealand and Australia both have more COVID deaths this year than 2020 and 2021 combined. How's that? Because if you're not going to operate in the spiritual, then you need to operate in God's natural, which is, the, which is natural immunity. If you're not going to operate in the spiritual, where you bind and you loose, you just bind all disease off of you, then you better operate in God's natural that he gave you, an immune system. Who is it that ever said that we needed any sort of vaccine? That's, that's better than God? Some, some baby butchering Pfizer executive is better than God? Rochelle Walensky has COVID right now. She's five times vaccinated. Head of the CDC. People dropping all over the globe. You just have to follow the right media and you'll know what's really happening. So the Holy Spirit does all of those things. What's that list? I'm gonna read it to you again. Convicts, fills. This is how he talks to you. 
He convicts you. He fills you. People don't fill you. The Holy Ghost fills you. Comes upon you. And all of this is upon invite. Luke eleven thirteen, To those who ask him. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to those who ask him? But when they ask him, that means that, you know what? He's going to tell you who to date. He's going to tell you what to watch and not watch. Yeah, well, I don't really want people controlling me. Okay, you're out of the Holy Ghost then. Well, I don't want people. Yeah, he's not a person. He's God. You are a slave of God, Romans 6, 21 and 22. Well, that's not really American. The Bible's not American. Well, I don't really think the Bible's very Christ-like then. Oh, yeah, it's just Jesus himself. So the question is, when he does all of these things, what will you do? When he convicts you, will you kick against the goats? It got quiet there, didn't it? Because a lot of us have been convicted about that. Again, I'm not, I'm not talking about the rudimentary. If it's sin, if you're watching porn, you're going to hell. Got it? Sleeping with your boyfriend, going to hell. I know nobody says that in church anymore. I don't care. That's what the Bible says. I'm not gonna be held accountable for your soul. I'm not gonna have your blood on my hands. I'm not gonna be Ezekiel 33 and 8, 8 and 9. I'm not gonna have that happen to me. When I say to the wicked, oh, wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade him from his sin, that wicked man will die for his sin, and I will hold you accountable for his blood. No thank you. If you're living in sin, I don't care what it is. If you, have, if you have gone ahead and said, you know what, I'm gonna lie once a year for the rest of my life that's uncovered sin. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifices for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Hebrews 10, 26 and 27, which comes right after, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Strange how that all works too, isn't it? First step of the backslide, leave the church. Every time. You're like, Tom, how do you know these things? I've been in the church. Danny, what year were you born? <laughs> I should not have asked. I've been in the church since 1987. I got saved when I was 18. Every single pattern of humanity is very predictable. Everybody, anybody else in here grew up on Pac-Man? You remember when you found out the pattern and you could beat the machine? Is that only me? Because it took great devotion to figure that out. Seriously. You're like, Tommy, you didn't have a life. No, I didn't. I had no life. It was women and Pac-Man. Women weren't available, so Pac-Man is where I went. <laughs> I was very blessed that I was very undesirable because it kept me pure even when I wasn't saved. <laughs> Society did it for me. Credit Bill Burr. <laughs> but you figure out the pattern, it's always the same. I always see it. I see the person, it's funny to watch it in church. This has nothing to do with the message, but it's just fun to talk about. I see it happen all the time in the church. I see the facial expression. They're really happy to be here. It's very, it's very parable of the sower-like. They receive the word with joy when they hear, but they have no root. Time of testing comes, they fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they've heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life. I see it, the light just starts to dim. 
And then they start to get offended. They used to smile during the services. Now they just stare at me like some of you are doing right now like this. <laughs> Trying to hang on. They start basically lovemaking during the worship because they, they, they're sitting there all over their spouse. Because they're bored with God. So they gotta entertain themselves so now they're making out during the worship. It's the same pattern every time. The light goes out, they're mildly offended, then they start to pull back, and I start to miss a Sunday. Oh, me, oh, what's the first thing that goes? The money. I'm gonna show them. I'm gonna pull my money so that God no longer rebukes the devourer for my sake. I'm gonna show Tom. He's showing me anything. I don't even care. I sleep like a baby at night while you're all offended. Like a baby. I remember when Hope and I were dating. We got into this big fight, and she, and uh, it was all her fault, of course. And, uh, and she's up all night. You know, she told me she was up all night. And she said, how did you say? I was like, I slept like a baby. That was great. It was always easy for me anyway, because anytime we fight, I'm going, we're, fl- we're through. It's over. So I'd sleep like a baby. It's over, so. The people, the people that you are offended by are sleeping like babies, and you're staying up all night, wringing your hands. Let it go. They're just people. Worry about whether God's offended or not. That's it. Don't worry about anything else. I offend people all the time. People leave this church all the time. No matter what I do, they leave. You know, no, if you just change that, if you change it, they'll leave because you changed. If you accommodate them, they'll leave you for your weakness. The entire time wanting you to accommodate them. It's like, it's like women with their husbands. They try to change them into women, and the moment they turn them into women, and they're now in really a pseudo-lesbian relationship, they've turned their husband into a woman, they now don't respect them. That's what she wanted. true. So the question is, when he comes and convicts you, will you kick against it? I don't want that. That's not up to you. It's the Holy Spirit. That's the guy behind the veil. The holy of holies has told you, you know what? Be nicer. You know, some of you are absolute snot rags, full of snot. I should, I should have, defaulted, uh, should have de- defaulted right to toilet paper, but I'm a nicer guy than that. To your spouse. And the whole, you're very, very, and you, Tom, you talk about this all the time. Yeah, but you, you, you won't change. You're an absolute handkerchief full of snot. To your spouse. And you want to go be like a, a evangelist Daniel and go win 98,000 people in a week. God's not going to let you do that. You, this, your steps are ordered, and step one that you've avoided for a decade is be nicer to your spouse. Because you're a, you publicly humiliate her and yourself. Ever been around those couples? Why don't you just shut up? They say that in front of me. I want to punch them both in the head. I'm like, what, what, in the, what are you doing? 
I've, I've been driving down the road with a couple and they started getting into a fight. One of them was a board member in the church. And I said, whoa, don't fight in front of me, please. You're like, Tom, you talk like that? Do I look like I care what anybody thinks? <laughs> I've had all pride stripped from me. It's gone. But what are you going to do when he convicts you? What are you going to do when he attempts to fill you? Well, I've tried to speak in tongues for so many years, and it won't, a lot of Christians struggle with that. You need to stop worrying about the tongues and start focusing on the Holy Ghost. Tongues will just come. Well, people have told me that, and I've tried. How have you tried? Let me ask you this. Have you tried like you try everything else in life? Or do you do it the Christian way? Well, I tried for a daggum weekend. Didn't work. I went to a speaking in tongues conference. Whole daggum time. I never spoke in tongues the whole time. Everything else in life you hone, you craft, you put in time, you put in effort. Well, this is a grace, this is a, this is a grace covenant, not a works-based covenant. You can't discover grace without works. Yes, you were saved by that grace, but discovering all the benefits of that grace comes through prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, denying yourself. You're going nowhere until you do it. Why is it that everything else in life, you put in time, talent, energy, and passion, but God gets a weekend? If that, well, I tried that for how long? It took you, I'll do whatever, whatever is your expertise in here, lawyers in here, cops in here, doctors maybe, I don't know. There's nurses in here for sure. They went to school for years and God gets nothing. It never worked out for me. That's because you don't ever try. How bait this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Ever tried it? Well, I fasted that one time back in, when Daniel was born, 1998. You just, you just set up monuments to your various Christian efforts that you did one time. Christians do this all the time. You've heard me preach this numerous times. They come up to me, you know what, back in Philadelphia in the day, this is what I used to do in my church. Why are you useless now? Because you're 20 years older? And by the way, what am I, chump change? Why do they get all your goodness and I get nothing? And that harkens me right back to Isaiah 43, 24. You have not bought any fragrant calamus for me or lavished on me the fat of your sacrifice, but you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. When God tries to fill you, it won't necessarily be great comfort to you in every second of the day. He's gonna drive things out. He comes like fire and burns, burns all the garbage away. Will you let him? Because what you don't think is garbage is oftentimes garbage. And when God lights it on fire, you're like, put it out, I want that. You like that show. The Hoarders Show, you ever watch that one? That's, that's classic. I can't watch it too often because I just, I'm like, how do the people live like that? But I'm a very type A person, very neat and clean person. Can't take that, but anyway. We understand keeping some stuff, but keeping pizza boxes from 17 years ago with the pizza still in it, yeesh. But anyway, they're always out there 
And people are trying to help them, so they roll up the dumpsters, and they're out there pulling the stuff out of the dumpster. No, we want to keep this. It's four pieces of broken PVC pipe. I could use this someday. How? You gonna become an artist, a sculptor with PVC? But that's what people do. God comes to try to fill them. Like, no, no, I want that back, please. That's why a lot of us are thoroughly bored right now. And you think it's with Jesus, but you're actually bored with yourself. When he tries to come upon you, will you kick against the goads? When he tries to move on you, this is the way that he communicates, convicts you, attempts to fill you, come upon you, move you, tell you things to come, will you kick against the goads? Tell, what is, tell you things to come. You know what that could be? When a person comes into your life and he says, don't go with them. But they're charming. See, people think that I'm a very hard-hearted person, the people who don't know me. Because I don't let anybody in right away, ever. Look at me, look at me, ever. You're not gonna be my best friend. If, you're gonna, if that's your goal at this church, forget it. I don't even like people that much. I'm just kidding, somewhat. I don't let it, listen, it does, it's not gonna work. Because here's the thing, people, people, they're an amalgam. One day they're excited, one day they're not. And I just wait long term to see what their fruit is. Hey, Tom, you know, I was wondering if I could do some guest speaking for you at the church. No, okay, let me answer that for you. No. Unless I've known you for years, you're not stepping on this pulpit. Well, that you sound like God is not a respecter of persons, Tom. It's Romans 2.11, and it is one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible. I'll see if I can do this by memory. Seriously, I don't know if I can or not, but I'm going to try it. One of the most misquoted verses in the Bible is Romans 2.11. For God is not a respecter of persons. For there is no respect of persons with God, is the New King James Version of it. It all starts in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. God's kindness leads you toward repentance. Though it actually starts more with Romans 2.1. You therefore have no excuse. You have passed judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself because you have passed judgment to do the same things. God's kindness leads you towards repentance, is Romans 2.4. But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, 2.5. God will give to each person according to what he has done, 2.6. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, 2, 7, 8, and 9. But glory, honor, and peace for those. But glory, honor, and peace for those. For those. Who are the righteous, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God, 2.10, All who sin apart from the law will be judged by the law. And all who, sin, uh, all who sin apart from the law will perish apart from the law. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. That's Romans 2, 4 through 12. And the most, one of the most misrepresented verses. It's used as a prideful statement. There's no respect of persons with God. 
He's talking about hellfire and brimstone judgment. He'll judge anybody. Doesn't matter whether you're a president. Doesn't matter if you're Fauci. It doesn't matter if you're unknown. There's no respect, none. Doesn't matter if you're a big evangelical preacher, nothing. There's no respect to persons with God when it comes to judgment. But there's glory, honor, peace for everybody who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, though. Amen. That's, uh, you're like, Tom, what does that have to do with the message? Nothing. It just drives me nuts. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. How is there no respect of persons amongst people? There's no respect of persons with God. There's respect of persons with us. Amen? What was that verse? That was 1 Timothy 5, 17. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. You do that with your pastor, you throttle him behind his back at Applebee's. Let's all gather together and let's talk about what was wrong with the message today. How many of you have been guilty of it? I have. I've done it. See how it's it? I'm an equal opportunity offender. I've done it. Anybody else gossip but me? Anybody else? Some of you are looking at me. That's just a shame. shame. I feel so sad for him. I feel so sorry for him that he gossips. Amen. So will you kick against the goads or let them fill you? Let them convict you. Let them change you. Maybe you'll choose to be offended. A lot of Christians choose to be offended. You ever look at the older translation of Matthew 24.10? And then, and then shall many be offended and shall betray and hate each other. Many shall be offended. At that time, the way that I always quoted is out of the NIV. That's the King James. The way that I always quoted is out of the NIV because that's how I initially memorized it. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Well, the original part of that, where I, where I say, at that time, many will turn away from the faith. The original is, and, they, and then shall many be offended. What's, one, what's, what's the major problem inside the church? Offense. When you live in offense, you're vulnerable. You're like, but, but, I, but, but I'm in the right. doesn't give you license to be offended because you're correct. I would spend the rest of my life because, listen, I'm always right. In my mind, I'm always right. I would live my entire life in offense. I've just learned, you know what? People are people. They bite. They don't just bark, they bite. And you have to, listen, you have to learn to live with it. But you're like, no, you don't live to learn to live with it. You rebuke them. All right, you rebuke them, then what? Then what? And they don't respond. You just leave humanity? <laughs> 200 million Americans are vaccinated, you're just gonna leave them? 100 million boosted after that, you're gonna leave them? They were wrong. There are many of them very proud of it. They did the videos. A lot of them dead now. Look, I'm proud to be vaccinated. I've shown, I don't know how many on the podcast. People, I'm proud to be vaccinated. They're dead now. 
many of them. Are we going to leave the rest of them because they're against us? They may never turn. Jesus died alone on the cross for all intents and purposes. None of his apostles were there, just two thieves, just two criminals. He didn't, he didn't shut off. Listen, I want you to know something. I'm hardcore, but I love people. I love people. I love Christians. They're my favorite. I love Christian people. Some Christians hate Christians. Because that's they spent their life around. Oh, it's just Christian. Listen, be a cop for 25 years. You'll love Christians. They're way better. They're not perfect, but they're way better than the sewage that's out there. Trust me. You've never lived in the septic world, which is a perfect time to talk about the septic world because I was working on our septic tank yesterday. <laughs> See, a lot of you pay for septic services. I work on my own septic. All the poo-poo, pee-pee, toilet paper, and everything else does not just disappear. It goes somewhere. And it has to be dealt with. See, we in the church, we're not the septic world. We're the redeemed of the Lord. There, we're, listen, we are imperfect. We are all in a sanctification process. Some of us have been at a standstill in that process for a long time. You're the same Christian you were five years ago because the Holy Spirit comes and tries to convict you, fill you, come upon you, and you say, nope, I'd rather date. It's true. I've seen, the, especially the women, that come into this church. And a lot of them, they're beautiful. And I just want to say to them, but I can't say it because it'll look like I'm some sort of conniving, corrupt pastor. If I go up to them and say, listen, you're really beautiful. They'll, like, <laughs> they'll be like, what's your angle? Nothing. Never, never. I've never touched any woman outside of my wife in life, ever. I'm just saying but I don't oftentimes say that to them. But I just want to say, what, what are you doing? Why do you keep going out with Northport's finest? <laughs> God has a plan. <laughs> My wife showed up from Northern Virginia. Just showed up at the church. My pastor's wife came up to me, and she sent me a note. I still have it. There's a note, and it says, babe alert. And my pastor's wife. Charlie Maria, Amy Nitz, put, sends me, puts babe alert. She handed it to me. I was the head usher sitting in the back with my beautiful blue coat. That you fell in love with immediately. Locked, stock, and barrel. In love the moment she saw me. <laughs> and here's the thing, too. When I first went out with Hope, I was like, yeah. This is what I said to myself out loud. I went, she's a bit much. She's a bit much. Mm. And she hits me. She would, she'd always punch me in the shoulder. She's a bit much. You grab me all the time. Do you see that? No touch. No touch right now. I don't even know you. Whatever. (laughs) 
But what will you do when he comes upon you? What are you going to do? It may not be the world's most comfortable thing for you. So what are you going to do? Kick against them? Going to kick them? Kick against the goads of God? A lot of us, we choose to do what instead? I began to talk about this a minute ago. We crucify the vessel instead. Instead of crucifying ourselves. As Paul commanded in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Instead, we crucify the person who brings us the possibility of being crucified. 1 Timothy 5, 17, that's the one I already quoted to you. Let's go Romans eleven three. Lord, they killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. James 3, 9. With the tongue, they praise our Lord and Father. And then they go to Applebee's, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's image. Instead of being transformed by the Holy Ghost, they crucify the messenger of the Spirit. They crucify the person who's ushering the Spirit to you. That's why they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables because the Holy Ghost is uncomfortable. I'm not saying he's always, listen, there's a great part. It's what, it's what I told you earlier with the podcast with Pastor Rodney. He was touching me. I was filled with un, almost unbearable joy. Unbearable presence of God. It's great. But then eventually he's gonna come down to business. He'll fill you with joy again after that. If you comply. If not, he's gonna come back again. Come back again. Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If you don't take step one, you're never going to two. Most of us aren't even at one yet. Because God's told you forever to do these things. Amen. Now I want to finish up here. We've got about 15 minutes to go. I want to talk to you about strongholds before we leave. I was supposed to get to this a long time ago, but as always, I'm a little behind schedule. And I want to talk to you about strongholds, and I want you to understand something before I do. Those who are strong-held do not know it. And you tell them, Tom, you just said you were strong-held. Yeah? Where we are truly strong-held, we usually do not know that we are. We may, we may even pinpoint what we consider to be strongholds in our life, and they're not. They're just, they're actually comfortable for us to say our strongholds. We're comfortable. God, we, don't, we will never deal with the ones that are actually strongholds because they are very uncomfortable to talk about. I haven't, I haven't told this story for a while and since I generate new churches all the time <laughs> from movement. I remember my wife confronted me one time. This is years ago. I think this is even maybe before the kids were born. And she confronted me about my communication with my mother. Because every time my mother would come in, and especially if my sister was in the room, we would both sit there and just brag about ourselves. And my wife comes up to me and goes, do you realize that all you do when your mother is around is talk about yourself? And I mean, that hurt. That was embarrassing. I mean, I'm 24, not 24, 27, 28 years old. 
that's a little painful. I mean, I'm, hand, I'm out there handling police calls, and I'm so immature that all I want to do is impress mommy. It's not very manly. That hurt. But you know what I did was I went, is it true? It is true. Just because it hurts doesn't mean it's not true. It's usually true because it hurts. And you have to be willing to embrace it. And most importantly, you must be willing to jettison the bad behavior, which is a stronghold. Strongholds are repetitive, damaging behavior. Not just the thing you did once. It's something that you're living in. That's a stronghold. And we have, just as a preview here, we have a bunch of stronghold, strong-held Christians trying to set people free. When you don't have the seed to set people free. You can only give what you have. Look at these verses. Give and it will be given to you. You can only give what you have. Luke 6.38. Love your neighbor how? Oh, I hate myself. Then you're going to hate your neighbor. You don't have the seed to love somebody else if you hate you. That's why it's very easy for me to love people because, man, I love me. Seriously. I have, I have never wanted to be anybody else. A lot of you, you envy people. I wish I could be. I've never envied anybody. Envy's not my struggle. Fits of rage, there's my struggle. It's always bubbling and struggling. But I've been doing good. I've been struggling. So it's like, come on, pass the test. The chainsaw wasn't working the other day. I'm like, I, oh, I just want to throw it. I want to throw it. And the Holy Ghost is going, don't do it. Don't do it. Still small voice. The, the clanging symbol is, throw it. Smash it. You smashed one before. Just go ahead and smash this one too. Like, don't do it. But envy is not my struggle. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what is this, an Oprah show? Well, if you want to say it, that's the, it's, the second, it's the second most important commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second, like it, is this. Love your neighbor as you love you. If God loves you, then you must be in love with you. This is, I didn't say prioritize you. I said love yourself. Yeah, but what about this and what about that? Who are you to defy the word of God? Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do says the murderer of the body of Christ. Paul was killing Christians. Stood by and oversaw the stoning of Stephen. And he says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us. He says this right after that. Therefore, let us. As many as are mature, have this mind. So you are to forget the past. A lot of you like it. You're strong held because you like it. It's all you talk about. 
Never been around the local football hero? I'm like, dude, you're 53. You did that when you were 18. Doesn't mean this necessarily your bad past. It could be the good past that you have built monuments to. Your strong health in your good past. I'm a very nostalgic person. Watch it. Nostalgia can be a stronghold. You need to live in today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of God's favor. 2 Corinthians 6 2. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can only give that which you have. So you can't set people free if you're strong held. In the area that you are strong held, you can set nobody free. Matthew 13, 35. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good things. And the evil man out of the evil, out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. You can only give what you have. This is why our church isn't full of people. You're like, Tom, you ought to be happy. There's 700 people here today. I'm I'm happy. Okay, whatever. (laughs) We're not setting people free because we're not free ourselves. We're bound. We barely have time for the lost. It's why when we have young people, and I don't mean to, they probably hate that I'm focusing on attention on them. That's why I love 23-year-old evangelists. Be free. Don't get caught up in the world like people like I have, wasting decades of your life, not winning anybody, not setting anybody free because you're so bound yourself. Love God. Be free in that love. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of the things of itself. Sufficient is the evil thereof today. Jesus talking, Matthew 6, 34. What we have is a lot of strong held people trying to set people free. People who don't know they're strong held and people that don't care that they're strong held, people that don't even want to look into whether they're strong held or not. Will you look into it? Will you? Will you? Will you? Will you? I will. There's areas, this will, this will make you feel better. There's areas in my life where I'm strong held. And I need to be free but it's gonna take my effort to do it. Tom, God will do it, not unless you activate the word of God. God does not do everything. We're saved by grace. So everybody's saved then? Hold on. Is everybody's, everybody on the globe is saved. If we're saved exclusively by grace, then everybody's saved, right? But I thought Jesus said, narrows the way and few find it in Matthew seven thirteen. What saves you? All that he did You can't do anything that he did because he's a spotless lamb, but you had to believe. It's the same thing with your walk with God. You have to activate your faith. You have to take action or you will stay strong held. Or maybe you're somebody who lives in insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Someday it's just gonna happen. No, it's not. You've been saying that for 15 years. You can't sow freedom unless you're free. You don't have the seed. And again, what's the path? You wanna be free, what's the path? To the deep things of God. Being free is a deep thing of God. A deep obedience is freedom. What's the path? 
Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17. He's always, always the path. The Holy Ghost is always the path. Now here's an example for you. Can you be loving and fearful? Don't answer. Because you're going to be wrong. Can you be loving and fearful? A lot of people consider themselves to be very loving that are fearful people. Do you, you live in a marriage that's bound in jealousy? Where you want to send out a security force with your wife to make sure she doesn't cheat on you. I never allow my wife to be alone anywhere with a man. Okay, cut, cut off the beeping or I'm going to go, you know, oh my word. You got to get it on like the first two beeps. I don't know who you are, so don't be offended. I don't know who it was. You got to get it like on the first two beeps. It starts getting in the fifth, sixth beep. You failed the test. <laughs> but can you be loving and fearful? You can't. You can't love somebody that you're terrified is going to cheat on you. My wife, my, my, when my life, wife leaves the house, I don't think, oh man, I wonder who she's going to think. I, I got a GPS tracker. Okay, she just turned right on East River. Okay. You can't. Where do you get that from, Tom? It's just the Bible. You can't love and be fearful. You can't be a loving person and be a warrior. Where do you get that from? Right here. 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. Now, what is the deep translation of that? There is no fear in love. Because perfect, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. There is no fear in love. You can only give that which you have. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself because it tends only to evil doing. You ever met a hypochondriac? Are they ever in a good mood? Fret not yourself, that's Psalm 37, 8. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil doing. You're mean because you're worried. This is the truth. You're mean to your wife. Listen, people want to be loved but they're incapable of love or being loved because they're fearful. They're jealous. Jealousy is fear. And what if they did choose somebody else over you? Go find somebody hotter. Rob Deerdeck, Fantasy Factory. Quote. You're like, what, the, what kind of person are you? I'm not going to be bound by a human being. If my wife runs off and cheats on me or leaves me, I'm not going to crumple to the ground and die. There's nobody on earth I love more. I'm just saying she's a person. I don't burn incense to her image. You shouldn't be so concerned. You can't be free like that. You can't give that which you do not have. It's never going to happen. You're like, well, I have, I've done. You can't consistently give that which you don't have. You can't. You will fail. It's the Bible. Be not deceived. God is not my for whatsoever man sows that shall he also reap. If you do not have the seed, you cannot sow it. Luke 6, 43. 
For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Tom, are you calling me bad? Yeah. I'm calling me bad too. You're not supposed to call people bad anymore. That's what the YMCA says. I don't care what the YMCA says. I don't believe in psychology. I don't believe in any of that garbage. I'll say whatever's true. Are there areas of your life where you're bad? Yes, me too. Romans 7, 23. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity. That's Paul. I'm talking about Daniel winning 98,000 people, which is just tip of the iceberg of what he has won, won and will win. But that's the number one soul winner of all time. But I see, in, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity, says Paul. So if he has a strong older too, you don't, oh pious one. He's looking at me right now like this. Everybody good still? 12.04. I got, now he commanded me to come on. Matthew 12, 33. So I told you, so I, I'm calling you bad. I'm calling me bad, right? Areas of our life. Not saying you're going to hell, did I? Those who live according to sinful nature have their mind set on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance to the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. The, man, the, the mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace, all written to Christians, Romans 8, 5, and 6, right? So we have areas of struggle. We shouldn't, but we do. So what do you do? Well, I'm just waiting for God to come. Look at me now. He's already come. He's already there. The presents are under the tree. It's the holiday season. <laughs> it's the holiday season. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> That's the, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> we keep showing it on the podcast. <laughs> I know it's got a cuss word in it, but gosh, it is one of the greatest movie scenes of all time. We'll have to blur, blurp out the one word and then play it for the church. I mean, everybody's seen it, Christmas Vacation. The guy walks out the front door. <laughs> oh my gosh. What's, what's this, what's this, what's this for, huh? Well, I know it's Cousin Eddie, but I was thinking the actor, it's Quaid is his last name. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid's out there emptying out the pooper. Pooper's full. Awesome. It's like, the, it's like a Democratic Party convention. Pooper's full. Like the CDC, FDA, and NIH meeting all together. <laughs> We're having ourselves a convention. Yeah, we are. Matthew 12, 33. If you want out, then you're gonna have to do something. Jesus said, either make the tree good or make the tree bad. And it's fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You, make it good or make it bad. You've been given all heavenly blessings. All of them, Ephesians 1, 3. 
Every last one of them. You have to make the tree good or make the tree bad. It's up to you. He's right there. It's just like I, I use this example all the time. If you want power, what do you do? At your home, I'm talking about worldly power. What do you do? There's all these things up here on this stage. I'm looking around. You know what? where they all go? They all go to an outlet. Now that outlet has running currents in it. It's the same thing as being saved. You set the plug in. There's the effort. There's your effort. Ready? Here it is. Ready? This is deep and theological. That's what you have to do. Believe. Now how do you believe? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Effort. Make it good or make it bad. It's up to you. Most of us have said, you know what? Don't even want to address it. Well, I tried, it didn't work. How long did you try? I'm finishing with this. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 6. 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. That sounds like actions to me. As you will have to, will you tell me I have to take thought of every, take captive of every thought? Yes! Every thought that comes in because thoughts become your words and words are your heart. You take thought of that, you take captive of that thought. Now! You assess it now. Examine it. Is it of the faith? 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine that thought. Is this of the faith? I do it all the time. For some reason, I'm like very evil in the morning. <laughs> I wake up and my mind starts to go. And I go out loud. Stop. This is gonna happen, this is gonna happen. Why is this? Stop. That's not God. If it's not God, well, you know, we should have different sources. No! You don't have different sources. You know, I want the devil on my, you know, like all the movies, the devil on my right shoulder and God on my left and they're both talking. No, I want nothing else. Nothing and no one. Tom, that sounds very exclusionary. Yeah, that's right. Jesus is exclusionary, why am I not? And he's so, he's so exclusionary that he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's very exclusionary. So why would I want another voice? Well, I think you should be well-versed and you should read some Hemingway and some Faulkner and no thank you. Why am I gonna read a bunch of books from a bunch of people burning in hell? Verse six, and having in a readiness, here it is, to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Nobody dares preach that in the church. Revenge. Can't preach that in the art church. That's not, that's not, that's not fantastic. That's not awesome. It's the only words you're allowed to use in the art church. In the hyper grace churches. Churches that avoid Bible verses at all costs to fill the pews and the offering buckets. Having in a readiness to revenge all, after you've taken thought, you've taken captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. And the NIV, demolishing every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Then, having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You can't give that which you do not have. Right. 
You want to turn this country around? You have to be deeply obedient. And you'll have the revelation to turn it around. Until then, you're just a clanging symbol. Here's the weapons. I'm closing with this. I'm just going to read them to you. The weapons of our warfare, there may be more than this. Prayer, which is asking. Not only asking, but asking. Yet you have not because you... Most Christians don't have because they never... They don't. You're like, Tom, that can't be true. Have you, t- have you counseled as many people as I have? Have you? Probably not. There's some in here. Pastor Tim's in here, isn't he? Pastor Tim, you in here? Where are you at? I heard your voice. There he is. He's pastored more people and counseled way more people than I have, but unlike, except for Pastor Tim. So Tim <laughs> close your eyes. Put your, put your hands over yours. You haven't. I asked him. I said, have you ever asked God? Well, no. You turned your, you're coming to me for the worst thing of all marriage counseling. Have you ever turned your marriage over to God? Have you ever tried loving your wife like Christ loved the church? Yeah, wives, have you ever submitted to your own husband as to the Lord? Ooh, you preach that? Of course. Of course. Wives, you should submit to your husband. Unless he's telling you to do an ungodly thing. You're welcome. I got one amen from Naz. That's more than I usually get. Prayer, Bible study, here's the weapons of your warfare. Worship, speaking of the holiday season, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Matthew 2, 11. Worship is a weapon of your warfare. Aaron, you guys make your way up here. Finish these last ones. I'm getting hungry, it's time to go home. If you're wondering why I'm not praying for people, bringing people up, I'm a little nervous on the concrete floor. You know, maybe I shouldn't be, but it makes me a little nervous. <laughs> Some of you guys fall like a box of hammers. <laughs> Heather's like that. <laughs> I've seen Heather get knocked out by the Holy Spirit, I think, three times now. She looks like she gets struck by lightning. Boom! I get tased. I go, and I go back. Heather just, boom! Like a, I mean, it's like a flailing box of hammers. Boom! And from a distance, she just goes down. Wham! I'm like, wow. <laughs> you never know what direction I'm going to go in around here, do you? You never know. All right, finishing up. Fellowship is a weapon. Agreement's a weapon. Examination's a weapon. Judgment is a weapon. We're not supposed to judge, only if you're doing the same things. Read your Bible. Spiritual man makes judgments about all things. Speaking the word. So what do you do in the midst, what do you do when the world tells you something and it's the opposite of the word? Preach the word instantly, in season, out of season. Right now. Oh, it's impossible. Perfect. Preach the word. Jesus looking upon them saith, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with, all, for with God all things are possible. Speak it to the situation. Now, speak it to it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Get some out of this? Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And we're going to close right here. Everybody stand with me. We have prayer teams on both sides of the, of the uh, altar, I guess you call this the stage. If you need anything, come and receive prayer before you leave. 
We're closing right now. Every hand in the air, come on. We receive out of the covenant of Jesus, right here, right now, the greatest week of our lives. Doors are going to open this week. Provision is going to come this week. Prosperity and prophecy is going to come this week. It'll be the week of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, church shouts. Amen. Love you all. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.